Hi, I'm Sarah, and this is the podcast version of my newsletter called Sarah by the Season, where I explore what is piquing my curiosity as I try to lean into nature's wisdom and rhythms. Subscribe and learn more at sarahbytheseason.substack.com. The title of this week's newsletter is Grief Season. It comes around again. I have been trying to lean into nature's rhythms and wisdom for most of my adult life at this point, although things really picked up when I started studying yoga and moved to the so-called country. One thing I love about the practice of living seasonally is how the lessons come back around every season. The lessons of the season return each year, inviting me to peel the onion a little more, delving more deeply into what needs to be felt, processed, digested. I've written every fall since I started writing in this space about what I have come to term grief season. According to traditional Chinese medicine, the emotion associated with the fall is grief. The way to unlock the gifts of grief is to feel it, alchemize it, and let it go. Traditional Chinese medicine and many other indigenous wisdom traditions tell us that nature supports us in this hard work. The trees, as every yoga teacher reminds us in the fall, show us how beautiful it is to let things go. But I've come to experience that nature not only keeps inviting us to new layers of the lessons we need to learn, but in some mysterious way, she comes alongside of us when we are brave enough to lean into each season's invitation. I am a very good rationalizer. I haven't met many rough situations that within three minutes I couldn't turn into some kind of redemption story. At first glance, this might sound like a fine quality to have, but it has a dark side. It means I'm not naturally very skilled at sitting with uncomfortable feelings and situations. It means I often negate the negative feelings of myself and my loved ones because I'm so quick to jump to the glass half full approach and too often hoisted on others. In therapy speak, my therapist identifies this trait as sublimation. As defense mechanisms go, it's a relatively productive one, which is why for most of my life, I was rewarded for it. That is, until I started delving more deeply into the lessons of the more inward seasons of fall and winter, as well as seeing the effects of this defense mechanism has on my closest relationships. Someone like me desperately needs a practice that forces me into sitting with the so-called darker emotions. Because so many of us were praised as children for being good, polite, or following the rules, We learned from a very young age to ignore how we felt in various situations. When we were praised for sitting still despite desperately wanting to run around, we learned to push down our own desires in favor of making others comfortable and more likely to praise us. Of course, if we were children who were often criticized for not following the rules, we likely experienced the same phenomenon, but in its inverse. Either way, the results were frequently the same. We became divorced from our own internal barometer of how we actually felt in a given situation. Many of us, myself included, have had to read and learn this almost from scratch. What do I want versus what does culture slash religion slash authority slash my parents slash my partner want from me? People, especially women, who know what they want and go after it are dangerous to systems of power because people who know what they want are difficult, if not impossible, to contain and control. I practice yin yoga for many reasons at this point, but the primary one is how it continually compels me to sit with the full spectrum of my emotions and, in so doing, to try to let go of rationalizing my way out of them. It forces me to listen to my inner wisdom, to check in with what I desire. Yin yoga isn't for everyone, but I do think we all need practices to help build our capacity to check in with ourselves, notice what we're feeling, and learn to name our emotions. We particularly need to be more open to our culturally taboo emotions, and at the top of that list of culturally taboo emotions is grief. In Francis Weller's classic of grief literature, The Wild Edge of Sorrow, he identifies five gates of grief. The first gate is everything we love we will lose. The second gate is the places that have not known love. The third gate is the sorrows of the world. The fourth gate is what we expected and did not receive. And the fifth gate is the ancestral grief. 
In 21st century America, we collectively are only willing to even acknowledge that first gate of grief. We might make a casserole, donate some money, or go to a funeral for a friend who loses someone close to them. But if the friend is mired in grief six months later, we wonder when they are going to move on already. I'm not blaming us for this. I'm guilty of it more than most because of the aforementioned A-plus I have in sublimating. This is a collective loss, not an individual one. We've left the communities and the rituals those communities provided that helped us walk through grief. And in so doing, we've collectively lost touch with the wisdom, transformation, and healing that grief, when it is properly felt and composted, can provide. And so we resist it. If we barely acknowledge the first gate of grief, we completely ignore the other four. We miss out on the transformative nature of expressed grief with our ignorance of all that there is for us to grieve. If we needed a reminder of all that there is to grieve, the front page of the newspaper over the last month will quickly remind us. American culture wants to act as if we live in a perpetual summer, always hustling, always sunny, always growing. But we are nature, and the only thing that grows without limits in nature is cancer. Our denied and unfelt grief is not benign. It shows up in our relationships with ourselves and those closest to us. It shows up communally in violence and war. It shows up in our disconnection with the natural world and with one another. Frances Weller writes, quote, grief has always been communal, always been shared, and consequently has traditionally been regarded as a sacred process. Too often in modern times, our grief becomes private, carrying an invisible mantle of shame, forcing our sorrow underground, hidden from the eyes that would offer healing. We must restore the conversation we need to have concerning the place of grief in our lives. Each of us must undertake an apprenticeship with loss, end quote. Sharing our sorrow, pain, and grief with our trusted loved ones opens us to new and deeper levels of connection with them and with ourselves. Brene Brown says that, quote, to have courage is to tell the story of who you are with your whole heart. When grief is part of your story, it needs to be held to be healed. We cannot heal what has not been processed, and it takes time to move through the pain of loss and grief. There is no timeline on grief, end quote. We can begin by telling our stories of sorrow and grief honestly to ourselves, but we open ourselves to deeper healing when we share the fullness of our story with our loved ones. As Weller reminds us, grief was always meant to be communal. It is only very recently in human history that we have been expected to shoulder our sorrows so privately. I don't know what new layers of the grief onion I'm being invited to peel this fall, but because I've experienced some of the transformation leaning into my own grief has brought, I'm looking forward to the good, hard work this season invites us to. You'll have to check out the actual newsletter for this week's Scattering Seeds, where I share things that help us lean into nature's wisdom, which you can find at sarahbytheseason.substack.com. Thanks, as always, for listening. If you know of someone else who might like this sort of thing, I would love it if you would share it with them. You don't know how big of a difference it makes to writers and creators when you share our work. Learn more at sarahbytheseason.substack.com. And here's to apprenticing ourselves to loss in the season ahead.